Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. McQueen is a personal look at the extraordinary life and career of and artistry of designer Alexander McQueen. Through exclusive interviews with his closest friends and family, recovered archives, exquisite visuals, and music, McQueen is an authentic celebration and thrilling portrait of an inspired yet tortured fashion visionary. The film is directed by Peter Hetecki and yep. Ian Bonote, and the uh, and it was also co-written by Peter as well. Welcome to Film School, Peter Hetecki. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a really wonderful film, and I, I say this at the outset because uh, for a lot of people, uh, the, the, if you if you're if you have a passing interest in fashion, fantastic, that's great. But if you have a if you have an interest in a visionary, an artist, someone who who was who was at the top of their their creative power, and, and you want to know more about them, this is a wonderful documentary. Um, Tell me a little bit about your sort of how you got involved with the making of McQueen. Well, I had, um, I mean, I come from a sort of fiction background and, um, and you know, that, I think that what is in common with documentaries is that you are, or you're always looking for your subjects to take you into a new world that you don't necessarily know anything about and take you on a journey. And, and by the end of it, you feel that you understand that world, that you've experienced that world. Um, so, uh, so you know, you're, that, that I'm constantly on the lookout for subjects that are going to take me on a, on that kind of immersive journey. And uh, and I had um, I'd worked on a documentary about Marlon Brando called "Listen to Me, Marlon" a couple of years back, um, and just fallen in love with the with the, with with how you can make nonfiction films, how you how how you can collage a mixture of different media together to kind of express an emotional beat. And, um, and, you know, obviously Brando was such a towering figure in his own right. And, you know, when we finished it, I kind of thought, oh, I'm never going to find another subject like, like, of the, of the kind of size and scale of Brando again. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but then the possibility of a McQueen film was mooted and I jumped at it because I kind of knew that in common with, with Brando, um, here was somebody who had reinvented um, his medium um, had sort of turned it inside out, had sort of subverted all the old rules and created a kind of a, you know, a new a new tradition in um, in, in what he'd done, and um, and also you know what a compelling human story um, there was behind uh, behind that 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 achievement that you had on one hand this. You know, I think rags to riches almost sounds like too much of a cliche, but the fact is that McQueen came from a very modest background in, in the East End, from which, you know, if you came from that background, you would you would normally expect your station in life would be to do what your dad did, whether you're an electrician or, or a mechanic or, um, or in the case of McQueen's father, a cab driver, a taxi driver, um, that's what you, that's kind of the direction that you expected to go in. So to kind of wind up being the superstar of the global fashion industry um, by the age of 26, um, I mean, was just uh, how did that happen? That's just the most extraordinary story to tell. Um, 
And then conversely, you know, the the tragic um, end, the fact that McQueen took his life at the very height of his powers and his fame, you know, ask all sorts of questions about the human condition and also about the world that he worked in and also about mental health. So, you know, um, it was a story that for Ian and myself was about so much more than 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 fashion, um, which is why we never saw it as a, you know, I'm aware that there's a sort of mini genre of fashion documentaries at the moment. We never saw it as that. Our references were were biographical documentaries like Wim Wenders' Pina film yeah. about Pina Bausch or Asif uh, Kabadia's wonderful um, Senna. Those were our, our, our sort of references, really. And again, with those two films, you don't have to be a dancer to appreciate um, uh, Pina Bausch's story as told by Wim Wenders, nor do you have to be a petrol head to, um, <laughs> to engage with, with um, Ayrton Senna's story. Yep. So... That's very much how we how we approached them, how we approached McQueen, and why we approached it. I, I think that's a wonderful way to frame it. And um, and having seen both of the, those uh, documentaries, in fact, I had Asifan to talk about Senna, as well as uh, Stefan uh, Stefan uh, Riley. I actually had him on for uh, for Mar- the Marlon Brando documentary that he worked on. Listen to me, Marlon, which is a fantastic documentary. I think it's one of those films that. Uh, which I, I wrote, by, which I wrote, by the way. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, well, your role. Okay, yeah, it, yeah, it is, yeah. and I think you're absolutely right. I think for people to sort of understand the impact that McQueen had on on his craft, on his on his art, in the same way that you described it as Marlon Brando, who literally changed the way people acted. I, I, he looks, he to me when I look back in his career, there's a demarcation line: people before. Marlon Brando and people after, and he changed the way they literally approached their craft. And I yeah. think, and I think that's, I think that's an apt uh, appraisal. Tell, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about sort of this fashion scene as as Alexander McQueen came into it in the '90s, so so that we have some sense of, you know, his impact and and his contemporaries as well, and his relationships as w- with those people. Um, that's a lot. Well, you know, I think I think um, one of one of McQueen's boyfriends and assistant designers at that time described the uh, fashion world of the late 80s to us in one word beige <laughs> um it was it, it had lost some of its the, the sort of zip and oomph and innovation of the uh, of a decade earlier um mm-hmm. and it had become rather safe and conservative uh and so McQueen kind of like burst onto that scene with his sort of like punk rebellious attitude on one hand, but also this hard-earned craft um, on the other. And, you know, that's an incredibly powerful combination. And, and you know, because I suppose one always associates um, him with that sort of slightly badass punk image, one too easily forgets that he was absolutely grounded in tradition um, and he'd mastered uh, traditional craft, every aspect of it. The most complicated stitches were second nature to him mm. and he could make a dress from, you know, literally from the ground up from a roll of fabric to, he could do every stage of the process. So he was very unusual in that respect um, and that also fueled his, his you know, the, the, the kind of prodigious quality of the number of different looks and silhouettes that he kind of like innovated very, very early on his career. And then, of course, on the other side of the thing, you've got this sort of like, 
you know, sabotage. He 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 always said, I um I I I, I love breaking the rules, but I always keep the tradition. And and hmm. so that's the McQueen that kind of like was immediately on the on the catwalks. You know, hmm. you might be repelled by the punk uh, attitude and the shock tactics and things, but you couldn't but help be mesmerized by the quality of his of his work. Hmm. Um, and I think that's you know that's that's how he kind of that's 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 the McQueen who burst onto the scene. Right. I mean, you know, in terms of his contemporaries, well, the, the the key contemporary that people often talk about is John Galliano, but Galliano was sort of like five years ahead on his career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, of course, other designers, but I think McQueen never wanted to kind of be lumped in with anyone else. Yeah. He 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 was very aware of you know, kind of creating his own myth and, 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 and um, creating a sense that he was, um, he was unique and he understood the press um, very well and knew how to, um, knew how to play them. So, um, so yeah. I, 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 uh, I want to our listeners, we're speaking with the co-director of the documentary film McQueen, and that is Peter Hetecki, and w- as well along with his co-director is Ian Bonnot and, um, now I want to maybe I'm wrong, so correct me if I am. But would it be fair to say that in uh, the way he staged the shows, the, the spectacle of them? I know that that is not unusual in the fashion world, the spectacle, the the glamour and such. But the the fact that his shows were not only that, but also hard edged with a very kind of a almost I'll say street perspective, but a but a an aggressive point of view that was shocking and again i know there have been other designers who have shocked the fashion world but did but in the past had they done it in the way that he went about it one of his one of his uh shows is called jack the ripper stalks his victims the other one was highland rape yeah i mean was is that was that one of the things that really distinguished him from his from his uh, contemporaries Yes, I think storytelling as a whole was, yeah. was really what elevated his shows. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's one very important thing. The other, the other important thing is that he was very aware, you know, um, friends talk about him at St. Martin's, and he spent as much time in the photography studio and with the filmmakers and with the jewellery makers as he did in the fashion studio. So he was keenly aware of the importance of, you know, every aspect of, um, of putting on a show and, 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 and of, 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 of how he framed his own um fashion design um with whether it's lighting or music or you know he or, or or indeed sort of like extraordinary um sculptural objects and and um and accessories um you know he was very aware of the importance of how the whole thing came together and how every element of that helped to create a kind of a very strong trigger emotion and also a sense of theater and narrative yeah. um in his work so that was enormously important to him, and you know he wanted. I think run, runway shows generally um, are, you know, even when they are extravagant, are basically a group of um, models wearing different looks, um, kind of doing that kind of model walk up and down the catwalk. <laughs> you know, McQueen had no time for any of that, so that he directed. I mean, he was properly a director. Yeah. He would direct the models. He would he would want them to express a particular attitude, and that sometimes the attitude was like "fuck you" to the audience. You know, yeah. it, 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 sometimes he would um, he would you know, and he would put his own experience into both into his his design, um, but also into the shows. So 
you know, with something like Highland Rape, he's talking about um, uh, he's talking about genocide. He's talking about mm. his own childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, with something like Highland Rape, he's drawing on uh, with sorry with with something like Jack the Ripper, which was his very first show at St Martin's. He's drawing on the history of the the old East End mm-hmm. um, that his mum had t- told him about and researched and looked at the links. You know, there was a, 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 a an Alexander McQueen who lived on the same street that Jack the Ripper committed one of his murders on, and and his mum was uh, loved storytelling, loved history, yeah. and passed that on to him. And he, you know, hugely enjoyed the proce- pro- pro- process of research um, and bringing in um, references which didn't seem to have anything to do with with passion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, and creating stories um, to put on, on on the runway, and mm. um, and create moments the like of which has not been had not been seen ever before, or really ever since, um, yeah. on, on on the runway. There there are some amazing scenes in here, and just to give you some idea of how invested you, you become watching this film. And again, I say this as someone, I mean, just you don't have to be into pa- fashion. It's just something that yeah, there's an emotional pull. There's a thread line in this film. We get to know a lot uh, about his family, as you mentioned, his mother, troubled relationship with his father. The, there's a, there, there's a, and, there's, and it always seemed uh, there that he was very guarded. It, it feels like from, you know, the people that you, we talk, you talk to in the film that we get to know. And, yeah, there's, and these relationships are often sort of fractured. I, I think about Isabella Blow, the relationship, how that went. There's, some, there's things about him. Uh, while you feel him emotionally, it also feels like I know he's capable of joy. He, he, had some, he had some wonderful relationships and loving relationships. But a man who at the, really at his core feels like he, there was something missing or something sad. I don't know. I mean, what, how would you describe him in, in that context? Was he... Well, I think he's a complex hit. man, I guess. What, what, what? Yeah, a very complex man, and you know, and and and, and like like Brando, uh, I yeah. guess before um, in in my kind of direct line of working on these films, you know, the the more complex, the more interesting it is to kind of work out, you know, how you how you pull the threads of that complexity yeah, out. Yeah. Um, I, I I tell you what, I think you know. I, I think that, that, that childhood trauma um, always, you know, when, when, when someone suffers that, that marks their lives. It marks their ability, how they form relationships and what they, what, you know, how they trust people, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, McQueen, somebody once said to us what, while we were making this film, somebody said, you know, the strange thing is that you wanted to reach out and, yeah. and, and, and you want to kind of like, Hug him, yes. and pull, because he was so lovable in in one way. But then there'd always be something that was slightly, you know, hit from him that was slightly pushing you away. Yeah. Um, and I think that 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 you know that meant that essentially he was quite a lonely person, despite being surrounded by this you know incredible kind of gang of friends and collaborators. Um, despite you know having um, having several um, very loving but sort of short relationships. I, I, I think that he was quite a lonely person. Mm. I mean, he himself says that. And I think also success then exacerbates that. Right. Success and fame right. kind of, you think that kind of pulls you into, um, 
in, in, into the heart, into the bosom of humanity, but actually it kind of isolates you. Um, yeah. It can leave you a little bit out in the cold and sort of also worrying about what people's agendas are and trying to form relationships with you. Yeah. And I, so I think that that's very much a, it was a, a kind of a common theme uh, in, in McQueen's life. Not that there weren't moments where he, you know, he transcended that. Yeah. And, and um, uh, in, in whether that was in, in close personal relationships, um, or through, you know, some of the most remarkable creative collaborations, because it wasn't just McQueen. It was, it was surrounded by a bunch of such creative yes. um, people who, you know, would follow him to the ends of the earth. Um, so there are those moments which are, which, which are kind of offer a kind of sense of redemption. But I think essentially that, that, that um, sense of isolation and loneliness as as I, I let yeah, you know I'm sorry as I let this film sort of percolate in my own mind I'm just very much drawn to the how much he reminds me of Amy Winehouse uh there's a and there's even a, I feel like there's a the sort of the, their up their upbringing that where they were raised there's a certain pull that it felt like it was having on them that they never really felt like or I don't know I can't I don't think this is absolutely true of Alexander McQueen, but with Amy, it felt like she never felt like she was quite good enough, that she deserved the uh, accolades that she was receiving. And there's an element of that in what I see in... in, in uh... I, I think you're right. I think there's an element uh, of, uh, of that. But I think there's also a sort of slight... There's a big difference between them okay. in that, you know, um, um, I think Amy Winehouse's story is desperately sort of nihilistic. It kind of goes into its downward spiral very early, and mm-hmm. there's no... You know, I think with McQueen, what's different is that, um, okay, yes, he lived longer, but he, even when he was at the point of maximum despair, he was producing, he was yeah. mining that yeah. to produce the most extraordinary work. I mean, you know, his final collection is, is transcendental. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's a kind of expression of his desire to escape the bounds of planet Earth and the human race. You know, he kind of creates this alien, almost alien form um, that is emerging from the sea, which he loved. He loved being, um, he felt he found real solace in scuba diving and being uh, underwater with fish. And, you know, and he kind of, uh, he kind of channels all of that and creates this extraordinary, yes. you know, final collection, Plato's Atlantis. Um, you kind of sense with Amy that the, 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 the output, the creative output um, was, was, was tiny by comparison. Yeah, to yeah, no, McQueen. you're right. You know, McQueen right. produced sort of several yeah. lifetimes' work in in, in in that in those sort of eighteen short years, yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that's the thing that makes them very different. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know. Um, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but I kind of I don't want to. Yeah. I think McQueen's no. in a very different bracket. No, to, I, I to agree with you. I agree with what you're saying in terms of channeling that 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 sense of of uh, you know where they came from and all. Absolutely, it's uh, it, Amy collapsed under the pressure, and 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 Alexander McQueen rose and 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 yes. fought back. He fought back in a way that is brilliant. And there are moments of absolute, as you said, there are moments that'll give you goosebumps in this film. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of the most. Uh, amazing scenes i've seen in a documentary is the uh is the uh the robots and the model and the watching that happen and watching the reaction of him backstage and understanding what that meant and all of so many things that sort of came together in that moment in terms of fashion social commentary where we are in you know, all different kinds of things and 
Uh, I don't want to, maybe I'm overstating it a bit, but boy, what no, a wonderful, remarkable mo- moment it I, was I, watching it. And, you know, and frankly, I, you know, I cry when I see that moment. I, I, I teared up. Times now. I teared up. And, yeah, I got to tell And you. what is it? I mean, that, what is it that, 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 that I, I can't help thinking that, I mean, he was very prescient, McQueen. And, and I yeah. think that moment is a moment where you, you, you have this juxtaposition of humanity um, under attack from robots, from artificial intelligence, if you will. And, you know, then there's, 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 there's a show which you can look at, and it's about the sort of abuse and then empowerment of women, Highland rape. Um, you, you know, that is so... Several people have mentioned this to us without us sort of even having thought about it. It's so much in tune with the, with, 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 with the hashtag MeToo moment that we're living yeah. through the moment. Yeah. And then... You know, 10 short years ago, um, uh, around the time that he died, you know, mental health was a taboo subject. And, um, and now we're much more open about it. And again, you sort of see those images of, of mental health under, under pressure um, in, in a show like Voss. And you kind of like, you're just thinking, God, he is he's actually, you know, now he's, he's, he was so far ahead of his times in a way. And, and I yeah. think one of the great things why the story works to tell now is because it's very much about the contemporary moment i think yeah yeah absolutely it's a terrific documentary and my congratulations again both you and ian for the work here it is really um, a beautiful beautiful thing to look at on so many different levels and oh, the humanity you, of it that, yeah. means, that really means so much to to to, well, to me and to both of us well, yeah, much, much earned, much appreciated that you're here with us today on the show. And I really thank you so much for being a part of it. Again, the film is McQueen, and we've been speaking with the co-director, and that would be Peter Hattegi, as well as uh, the co-director in Abstentia, that would be Ian uh, Benote. And I really thank you so much for your time today. The film McQueen, it opens here today in Los Angeles on this is uh, July 20th. See it. See it with a friend. And uh, thank you so much for your time, Peter. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Take care, you. Bye-bye. Thank you again. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.